0: Hey guys, do you like sports? Do you like podcasts? Of course you do. You're listening to the Sports Dance Podcast. So go rate us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a good rating and review. Like us on Facebook. Share us on Twitter. Uh, this really helps the show, guys. If you want other people to uh, hear our hot sports takes as well, then you can do these things and really help us out. So again, Sports Dance on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. Enjoy the show. The Sports Stance. Dance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Stance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me as always... He ripped up the sports dance jerseys they made for him because they're all uncomfortable. It's Greg Cowan, ladies and gentlemen. What's happening, man? Uh, not much, man. I'm sorry I ripped that up. I
1: mean, it was just a little, little itchy.
0: I sewed that. I spent all goddamn nights yeah, sewing this did thing. Did you make it out of wool? That was an early goddamn, too. I spent all goddamn nights sewing this thing uh, out of wool, out of, uh, you know, uh, polyester. Is that what jerseys are made of? Polyester? Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, shards of metal that you may have found it felt prickly and you came in here with with your knives and and your and your anger and you ruined it
1: i mean it was machete but you know knives work too i mean i needed something that i knew was going to tear it up would you consider machete in the realm of knife uh certain size machetes i mean there's definitely ones
0: that are knife like I, I would call that a knife i, I guess some it's of them a little... are sword like the butt okay fair enough um this has been machete talk uh new segment on the podcast Um, cool Greg we have a lot of things to talk about today Um, again that actually doesn't mean that we have a lot of things to talk about that means we're gonna manufacture things to talk about because it's still July but um, before we get into MLB before we get into NFL before we get into PGA before we get into a deep dive conversation about 90s hip-hop what is happening with you Greg
1: uh, not too much. Life's been pretty boring lately. I mean, just at work. Uh, I had a friend come up this past week. my wife's best friend, so we hung out with her. Went out on the town, went out, went to some uh, bars, danced, drank. Had a good time. Uh, besides that... People don't know this about you, Greg. You're a big dancer. I am. I can bust a move with the best of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I could probably go on, So You Think You Can Dance? And they'd be like, you can not dance. I'm like, but I
0: thought I could. Yeah. Hey, that's uh, you have a confusing premise of the show, sir. I do. <laughs> I thought that was
1: the whole point of it. Yeah. I thought if you believed you could dance... You just like, move on to the next round.
0: It, seem, it seems to be kind of, you know, what it's in, contained in the title. Yeah, I mean, um, that seems leading. perfectly natural to me. Yeah, big time. Okay, cool. Um, what, Aaron, what about you, you, James? I don't have anything going, man. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to – I don't even have my fun little, you know, joke that I always do about, like, just keeping it close to the chest because I've got nothing to keep close to the chest lately. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. No, it's all good. Been kind of catching up on some shows. This is a great time for me, Greg. Because I get consumed with sports uh, throughout the year, as you do. We're sports fans. We're now amateur sports pundits. Um, so actually getting a chance to kind of catch up on some shows is a beautiful thing. I'm all caught up on Mr. Robot. We like that. I like The Night Of on HBO. Yeah, That's very I
1: good. I don't have HBO, so i, don't, and I also like. Watch uh, any of that.
0: I also like this show on Netflix called Peaky Blinders. Have you ever heard of this thing? I've heard of it. But I haven't watched it. It's basically like, uh, it's basically like, in a, um, like English gangsters, British gangsters from like the early 1900s in Birmingham. And they have fantastic accents. So much so that sometimes I actually need to use subtitles for this thing. I'm not proud to say that. But um, it's, it's super interesting. Oh, that sounds... Tom Hardy is in it. Ooh. Tom Hardy's cool. Uh, yeah, no, I never said he wasn't. Uh, yeah, so... I said, it, ooh... Doing. Um, wow, this is already getting off to a fantastic start. You're yeah. talking about how you have nothing going, and I'm talking about TV shows. I like. Well, our
1: life is boring outside of this podcast, James. And it's July, and sports are slow, and That's everything's why we slow. Have the
0: sports dance, ladies and gentlemen, to pick up your miserable, miserable lives. And on that note. <laughs> Let's Talking about miserable lives. Let's get started. <laughs> um, what do we want to start with today? We want to start with the MLB. We're gonna go with the MLB because you know that's the hot sport right now. That's the hot sport. A couple weird, things weird happened. A couple things happened in the MLB. Chris Sale uh, was actually tried suspended. out for, Yeah, he tried out for Edward Scissorhands. Ha! Bam! Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, he, uh, he tried out for uh, for uh, S- Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Slasher. Oh, hey, um, he tried out for uh, Machete. And machete kills. Uh, American Psycho. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Halloween. H two O. Jason. Well, that's not. That's not the title. No, come on. Get your <laughs> that, horror movies straight. Couldn't think of the title. Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth. I couldn't think of it. Let's see. What other? Uh, oh, this is fun.
1: Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Oh well. Sort of, oh well. I guess with the hands. Yeah, the hands. You got the hands. The hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, hmm. What else? What's another good one? What's another good knife one? Ooh, uh, oh, uh, The Shining? Well, he doesn't really kill anybody in The Shining. That's an axe, though. There's something. It's it's sharp. Okay, yeah. No, he kills that door. Basically what yeah. he did to the door, Chris Sale did, did the, to the to jersey. The jersey. Yeah. Um, Chris Sale destroyed his White Sox jersey. His leisure suit White Sox jersey. His leisure suit. Um, <laughs> On the basis of it, it wasn't comfortable. And he told, he told the White Sox it wasn't comfortable. White Sox didn't listen. Had him wear it anyway. Uh, he destroyed it. Uh, and... Uh, This is a weird story, Greg. It is. I mean, he basically came out
1: saying, what are we, a team that's all about just marketing ourselves and selling jerseys? I care about winning. And it's like, hey, Chris, guess how you get your contract paid? Yeah. By selling those jerseys. Turns out, Chris, we are a team
0: that's all about marketing and selling jerseys. Yeah, I mean, when you're
1: under five hundred, there's not much else to do.
0: Maybe if your teammates could help win some games and you weren't just the only thing that did it. The good news for the White Sox is that, you know, they're pretty clearly in contention right now. Oh, wait, they're 500 and they're not. Never mind.
1: Yeah, no, (laughs) they're a little bit out of it. Classic.
0: Um, Leisure shoots jerseys are all they have. We can also use this Chris Sale thing, which is very silly, to kind of, um, you know, jump into the topic of the AL Cy Young Award, which is just a a mess right now, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I don't Uh, know if our predictions are going to be correct now.
0: I, I mean, so... The kind of leading candidates, Chris Sale was maybe one of them, Danny Salazar of the Indians, Stephen Wright of the Red Sox, Chris Tillman of the Orioles, um, every single one of them uh, came in this week and just had an awful, awful outing. Yeah, um, Salazar bit. threw 85 pitches and gave up four runs to the Nationals. Uh, Wright gave up eight runs um, on, what, Wednesday night, and then uh, Tillman, uh, gave up six runs in five innings and saw his ERA bump up to 3.47 um, so I don't know I mean you have a couple other people in there as well you've got Cole Hamels is actually doing pretty well this season 11-2 and two with a 2.87 ERA And you've got Aaron Sanchez of the Blue Jays but I don't know, man. like, Nobody wants to win this thing. We've got such a plethora of good pitchers in the National League, and we literally can't find a person to give an award to in the AL.
1: Going to come out of nowhere, Clay Buchholz, I think. You
0: know? Oh, God. Really good chance to win the Cy Young. That hurts. That's a little too soon.
1: A little too soon. <laughs> I mean, he's, he had the chance many years ago when he had that really good season go, and then he decided, hey, I'm just going to
0: like pull my back. And just be bad at pitching. Yeah. The thing about being a pitcher, Greg, is you need to be good at pitching.
1: Well, he was for one year, and it was like – Everybody was like, "Oh, he made the turn." Yeah, he didn't make the turn.
0: That um, that no hitter that he threw was probably like the worst things ever happened to me. I watched it. It's well, yeah, we all did. It's it's uh, it's just been a series of false hope. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but I saw the stuff is so good though. Yeah, I was there. I saw it. It was on TV. He did it. Like in his first start, it was incredible. Did you see his stuff in 2007? <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Um, this yeah. hasn't
1: converted to 2016. I don't know what's going on.
0: I think that in one of in these kinds of years, in a year where there's literally nobody that you could even kind of justify giving the Cy Young Award to, just like don't give it. Give it to a reliever that's having a good or year, or just give it to another person in the National League. There's so many good pitchers in the National League. Just two National <laughs> League just Cy Two Youngs. National League. Listen, American
1: League, you're known for your hitting, so we're just gonna give these to the NL.
0: Yeah, a couple other things. I don't know if will go over well. Couple other things that are happening in the MLB right now. Everything is kind of exactly where we where we thought where we left it when we did our big preview. Yeah. Except for the uh, the AL East is kind of is kind of turned into a, a bit of a clusterfuck. Uh, all of a sudden, it's like a five-team race right now. Uh, maybe not the no. Excuse me. The I'm four-team. Not, I'm race. not gonna put the Rays in there. Sorry about that, Tampa Bay. My bad. Um, Yankees are hot. They're at 52 and 48, and Bo- and Baltimore is leading the pack at 48 and uh, fifty eight and 41. Red Sox are at fifty-five and forty-three, and my pick: the Blue Jays are fifty-seven and forty-four. Red Sox just can't find pitching to save their life, my friend.
1: No, even even nights that they get eight runs on the board for themselves, other teams somehow put up nine because yeah, of pitching. Like, yeah,
0: this is a this is a team where like they'll they'll score the most runs in baseball. And uh if you don't if you don't score you know like 10 runs, you have a chance of losing. Well I saw the thing it
1: was like the Red Sox uh record in games where they don't score five runs.
0: they're like 20 and 30 <laughs> or something It's, it's which so is bad, terrible. Um, other than that, you know not not much is happening. the uh, the cubbies are still hanging on to first there in the national league. Yeah,
1: making some moves to
0: help sure up that uh you know, Bullpen. Yeah, we got ourselves an Aroldis Chapman trade. Um, Aroldis Chapman's an interesting guy because I remember when he came in the league and he was, uh, he was pretty much the, the the you know cock of the walk here. Like everyone was really happy for him. And he could be. He was throwing hundred something mile per hour gas. And he's just kind of he's kind of bounced around. He was a big signing for the Yankees in a year that they didn't totally need you know one more bullpen piece to kind of put them over. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think about this trade? I mean, well, I mean, the first issue with Chapman was the whole
1: he got suspended for 30 days for domestic violence and all that stuff. So, you know, never a good thing. So that kind of was that little chip on his shoulder that people were kind of a little timid to go make offers for him. But the Cubs, you know, had to kind of go after him. He's having a great year. He's hit 105 a few times, which always is exciting for the crowd. Uh, Cubs gave up a lot of prospects, though. They gave up four prospects for a three-month rental. Not even sure if he's going to sign back with them for an extension. The numbers being thrown out are four years, $60 million. Uh, and some people don't think that's going to get it done, which for a reliever is just absurd that that might not get it done. I get the guy throws straight gas, but, I mean, it's a smart move for them. They needed something to shore up that closer role. Their closers weren't doing it. It was iffy back there. You got a guy that you know can dominate in the ninth. Uh, it's just a matter of is his personality going to fit in Chicago?
0: Yeah, I don't know if this trade makes them any better or worse. To be honest with you, um, you know, I, I guess I'm not as familiar with the back end of the Cubs bullpen right now. Um, but it's, it's kinda, not good. It's not good, James. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of feels like they they did this to kind of do a flat a splashy move. So when they get to October, they've got the big lineup, they've got the big they've got the big starting pitchers, and then they can bring in the big closer. Yeah. Um, they're going for it this year, man. They're going all out. And they uh, have to. I, I kind of love that. You know, this is the kind of year where. Baseball is the kind of year where you, you kind of assess right north, towards the trade deadline and, and say, hey, you know, we actually have a chance to kind of make it happen this year. Yeah. We've got to go one way or the other. Um, and the Cubs are one of the teams that are going to do whatever. The Cubs yeah. will sell out their
1: farm system. It basically means a trip to the World Series.
0: I uh, I, I was listening to the guys from Barstool um, Do break down the trade a little bit. And they had a pretty funny take on it where, you know, whenever you trade a prospect, no one actually knows – who these prospects are no they're just names they're literally just names that just kind of like give you hope <laughs> in the future and exactly. then exactly and then when you get those names when you trade a real player for those names you just hold on to those names and like grainy like occasional cell phone video of him hitting a home run or something like that and be like "Ah, oh,
1: oh, why did we give that guy that's good why, why that's do a we trade him yeah like, No. right mean- right
0: now you know, we've all got our names. We've all got our names of the people that are going to make our franchise, you know, take us to the promised land. For us, it's Yohan Moncada. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly where mine just went to. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we've seen we've seen Yohan's, you know, massive home runs or whatever. Hitting bombs left and right, it Exactly. Seems. So, I mean, congratulations for the Yankees. You got yourself a couple names. Yeah. I mean,
1: for it. yeah, yeah. It's exactly a great point. I mean, the prospects are always just like, you think about all these guys that like get traded away. Eventually, become if they become stars in the league, you're like franchise never hears the end of it. Like
0: congratulations, Hanley,
1: Hanley Ramirez when the Red Sox traded him to the Marlins. Everybody's like, oh, he was like supposed to be Nomar's replacement, but you know what? Yeah. We got Josh Beckett and Mike Lowe, so it's good. And the guy that we then traded three over three years for- later, Hanley was a huge
0: name, and people were like, oh,
1: why do we do this? Yeah.
0: And the guy we traded over for Pomeranz. I forget his name already because he's just a name to me. Yeah. Uh, that pitching prospect that Pedro loved. Um, yeah. I don't know. The, that guy that got compared to Pedro. Yeah, whatever it was. I forget his name because he was just a name. Yeah. I've but you know what? In five years, Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, probably. It's going to happen. Um, cool. That's MLB talk, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What else we have going on today in the in sports world? Uh, the NFL, you know, we can finally start talking about that. It's allowed. Yeah. We hit that point on the calendar where it makes sense. I love the NFL, but I I, I kind of forbade us from talking about it up until this point. I mean, you uh, kind of have the draft. to. There's so much that
1: after the draft that doesn't matter. Right. There, no, there's no major moves like, what are we going to talk about? Ooh, this rookie just signed his deal. Cool. We kind of knew that was happening.
0: But all of a sudden, man, we, we have... Thing, things are happening. Yeah, it's, you know, get,
1: gets closer to training camp, and all of a sudden, the August league starts means, making moves.
0: August means training camp and preseason football. Greg, I, I need to remind you, we're two weeks away from the first uh, preseason game: Patriots, Saints. Oh uh, yeah! Boom! Wow! Yeah. When you, put, that it, when you put it in those terms, it's At, like yeah. things are getting real. Things are
1: getting real, real fast. Yeah, August Fantasy 11. leagues are going to start drafting. Oh, uh, boy.
0: oh, I'm not. I'm actually not prepared for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, but hold on. Big rule fantasy teams, if you're drafting, if you have a league, if they say, hey, when do you want to draft? Don't draft until after the third preseason game.
0: Yeah. Don't do it.
1: Because that's when, like, the fi- the starters make their final, like, really big appearances. Game four, you don't see, like, the f- actual starters. So, you know it's basically safe to uh, draft those guys because they're not going to get injured most likely.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it's
1: always worse. I know so many people that do, like, drafts before the first preseason game. And I'm like, awesome, you selected, uh, like, Uh, For like the year, like Tom Brady got hurt. It's like Tom Brady was a top 10 pick. Cool, you picked him in preseason. Yeah, he got hurt in the first game. But think about all the guys that go down in preseason. Like random freak accidents.
0: Yeah, I I hear you. It just happens. I think the teams are getting better at minimizing those risks. Yeah, but when it comes to gameplay, it's still iffy. Um, cool. Let's talk about a little, a couple of the storylines that are coming into this NFL season. Le'Veon Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to miss the first four games. Yeah, uh, again due to a missed drug test. Yeah, so he has. That's the second year in a row. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. the second year in a row. And the then, thing about Le'Veon Bell is that he's just so damn talented. Like, um, at least in terms of fantasy. I mean, he, you know, he, oh, yeah. he produced on the field, obviously, but like he was the, he was like one of the top fantasy players in, all, in the entire league last year. Um, so he's just really, he, he's so talented. I don't know if a big name running back being suspended in today's league, though, really makes much of a difference. What do you think? Uh, it does to an extent, I think, when it's a really top legitimate back. I guess, so, but like, I felt like D'Angelo Williams came in last year when that happened to him too, and it, he, he played really yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, he played like D'Angelo of old on the Panthers, like, in his first few
1: years, so that was really lucky by Pittsburgh. But also, as the year went on, and even when Le'Veon came back, you know, and D'Angelo got in, you kind of saw, like, the wear down on D'Angelo Williams. He started getting a little more hobbled, so his games weren't as big as they were at the beginning. He still did a great job filling in, especially when uh, Bell went down with the injury. Again, so that, again, another issue with him. Now he has drug suspensions and injury prone. It's... He became a top five pick. Now he's like at the end of the first round, maybe second round, because now you're like, okay, he's already gone the first four games. What am I going to do with him? And, I mean, luckily Pittsburgh can replace him. Their offense is explosive. As long as Big Ben is healthy and Antonio Brown's healthy, they're going to be fine.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, All right, other storylines coming out of the uh, NFL right now. Josh Gordon getting reinstated. Josh Gordon's reinstated. That's huge, actually. It's crazy to think that Josh Gordon's only 25 years old. Like, he's had such a long saga of, <laughs> like, just ridiculous things happening. And just, yeah. like, it, it's tough to, it's tough to for, like, remember right now. But, like, in 2013, when the dude was, like, 21 years old, 22 years old, he was spectacular. Oh, he's. Pheno- I mean, he's still going to be phenomenal. And it's, it's crazy. Like, he, out of all the turmoil that's come out of his camp, Uh, He's only 25 years old, and he's coming back for, uh, you know, uh, this season.
1: Well, I mean, two years ago, if somebody told you that Johnny Manziel was going to be out of the league and, like, drug issues and up the wazoo and stuff, but Josh Gordon was going to be back and reinstated by Goodell himself, people probably would have laughed in your face. (laughs) been Like, yeah, okay, Johnny might be out of the league, but it's probably not going to be for anything, like, that dumb and stupid. But he is. And then you got Gordon, who everybody's like, yeah, he's just going to be one of those guys that's always suspended for drug use. And now he's coming back. He will be suspended the first four games. But I think this just gave the Browns a great offseason acquisition. Because this is a guy they didn't actually expect, I think, to have for the year at all. True. So now they got him. They got a wide receiver in the draft who's going to be good. They got... RG3 as a quarterback, so who knows what's going to happen with that. I'm interested to see that, actually. I'm not, I'm not super pumped up for that. I, that's going to be a wait-and-see type situation?
0: I don't know, man. I'm still, I, I, still have a, I still have a very small, very small uh, reserve amount of RG3 Kool-Aid that I stored away in the fridge. Um, just after that Redskins uh, season, man, I know that that's like a one-season thing. I get it. I understand. But uh, I think he's got some magic there. He's a weird guy. He's a moody guy. Let's see what Hugh Jackson can do with him. But Cleveland's got some good karma, man. Cleveland's got some good karma right now. (laughs) Cleveland Uh,
1: becoming the city of champions. City
0: of champions, Cleveland's... So we'll see about that. Uh, the other news that I'm looking at right here is that Jordy Nelson actually just got put on the physically unable to perform list again. Yeah, few got, like a few today. big
1: names have. I know a bunch of guys on the Patriots got put on there just yep. to start with J.J. Watts on there because of his back surgery. Right. So I'm wondering if this is going to be kind of a new trend that's going on with the NFL where it's like your top guys put on the pup list to begin the offseason, give them a little extra rest, rehab, get them just kind of ease into things more than you normally would.
0: You never know. And the last thing I want to go through, Greg, is uh, there's a, a, a kind of a rundown. This is an interesting, this is an interesting time in the NFL, um, mostly because uh, we're going to start to really see retirements and players walking away a lot more frequently than we have in the past. Yeah. So running through all the players that we will not see this season, um, Peyton Manning, obviously, uh, Marshall, uh, Marshawn Lynch, Calvin Johnson, Greg Jennings, Percy Harvin. Heath Miller, Debrickashaw Ferguson, Logan Makins. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of offensive linemen that are all retiring. Jared Allen's retiring, BJ Raji, Daryl Dockett, uh, Justin Tuck, John Beeson, Gerard Mayo, AJ Tarpley, Charles Tillman, Rasheen Mathis, Charles Woodson, Hussain Abdullah. I mean, we're like this whole offseason alone, and these aren't just guys that are just kind of walking away after it was time to walk away. We're talking about people like. Calvin Johnson, uh, who was in his prime. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Jared was one Mayo. of the best players. Gerard Mayo is
1: still, you know, a very serviceable player. Just had Eugene Monroe retire from the Ravens, the offensive lineman. He was only uh, 20, 29.
0: Yeah. I mean, Percy Harvin was still probably a serviceable, you know, wide receiver yeah. in this league. Then you got Walter Thurman, who was also a decent defensive back. So we're going to start to see this more and more, man. People kind of walking away from the game a little bit earlier than usual. And it's uh, it's pretty jarring when you kind of run down that list and. Really realize how many of those big names aren't going to be suiting up this year
1: yeah it's kind of disappointing that i won't be able to try to draft calvin johnson on my team at all it's kind of sad very sad i mean but it's i think it's going to be a new trend i think nfl players now money-wise it's not like the old days where you basically had to keep playing to feed your family survive a lot of these guys now they're making 10 15 million dollars a season plus they're getting endorsements once they even retire they're getting paid just to go talk do camps all this stuff. So there's still plenty of ways for them to make money. They don't have to put their lives on the line every weekend just for, you know, that next paycheck. Maybe some of the younger guys who are on practice squads will do it. But I mean, the big time stars outside of quarterbacks, I think you're going to see a lot of running backs, wide receivers, linemen, defensive players start retiring around 30, 31, 32, just because they don't want to have the life that all these older guys that they've seen out of the NFL have. Guys that are in their 50s, 60s that can barely walk because their knees are so shot from playing. Guys that have taken way too many blows to the head. Like, nobody wants to do what Wes Welker was doing and basically just like trying to get on the field as much as possible just because he wanted to get that next paycheck and then
0: have his brain turn into mush. Yeah, you never know. Um, cool. So we're excited for the NFL. To season to start, they are gonna have a lot more. There's actually gonna be things to talk about, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, we still got the Ryan Fitzpatrick saga going on. Had the Ryan Jets. Fitzpatrick saga, he's not even talking to the Jets right now, and they're starting training camp. So I wanted.
1: They're offering him eight million dollars to be a starting quarterback.
0: There's no way that they're going with Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, right? Like, they're probably just gonna end up going with Geno Gino, Smith.
1: Geno Smith. Does that really sound better?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's brutal. Um, we also it's have a. Pretty. We also have a pretty, uh, pretty brutal quarterback situation in the Broncos right now as well. Yeah, Mark Sanchez. Uh, Mark Sanchez, (laughs) Trevor Simeon, helping defend the title in Denver. You know, we'll see if Paxton Lynch can get it. I don't know. Uh,
1: I don't think. No, Paxton Lynch. I think he could be a good quarterback, but he's going to take at least two years.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, And then also in San Francisco, Colin Kaepernick versus Blaine Gabbert is actually a thing.
1: Yeah, I actually think. I mean, with Chip Kelly's offense. If uh, Kaepernick isn't the starting quarterback, it seems weird. It seems weird because he seems perfectly fit for the type of style that uh, they wanted to run in Philly. But Bradford just didn't have any speed, or really the arm strength, or uh, you know, just plain ability
0: to stay on the field to do so. Right. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, anything else about the NFL band before we move on? No, I think we're gonna go to that year in sports. You want to touch on PGA? Do it real em. quick. Just touch on PGA yeah. and right. then we'll, we'll do touch our on la- PGA. we'll do our two segments at the end.
1: All right. So uh, you know, PGA everything kind of got moved up with the Olympics because, you know, golf is in the Olympics, so people care about that again. Yeah. And by that, I mean they don't really, but golf has to, you know, change some things around for the sake of its players. Uh, so this weekend we have the PGA Championship coming up at Baltusrol Golf Club. I don't even think I said that, right? Uh, but you know, Jason Day's defending champion. It starts Thursday. Uh, So, you know, it's a really interesting thing just because you only had two weeks ago Stenson and Mickelson battling out in the British Open trying to get, you know, that forever, like, big jug. But, you know, coming back two weeks later, guys like, especially like Phil Mickelson, you have to think about the mentality that he has. Coming in second, you know, trying to just, like, put that behind him now and get ready for another major, the final one of the year. You know, Rory McIlroy, they think has a good chance at this one. He hasn't been; he's been decent in majors, but I mean, there's a few guys only that it's going to be interesting to watch. Dustin Johnson's going to be up there, but I mean, who knows? I don't know. Do you want to take your prediction of who you think's going to win? Just because you know we talk golf so well and so in depth that the people need to hear what you think so they know who to put their money on.
0: Yeah, um, we'll. we'll- Let's let's see here. Uh, I like. There's a couple people here. You know, again, my, my massive golf previews are uh, always interesting. Oh, they're always the talk of the sports world. Oh, 100. percent I mean, you hear it weeks
1: later. People being like, "Did you hear what James said?"
0: It'll be interesting to see what McElroy does here uh, at at the at the PGA Championship. Uh, I like looking. I like looking at Steve Stricker. Ooh, uh, he, okay. he turned 49 earlier this year. So you feel confident with that. I don't feel confident with it. I'm just saying, taking a look. <laughs> just giving you numbers. Uh, Henrik Stenson was definitely, uh, definitely showed us something last tournament. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, when, golf is very much a game of, you know, hot streaks and kind of if you're feeling it sort of thing. And, and Stenson's doing pretty well right now. He is. Um, I'm gonna go showing off the Swedish guns. Showing off the Swedish guns. I don't really know who I'm gonna go with. I like I like Spieth to show me something here. I understand that this you know. This hasn't necessarily been his his best year lately. Yeah, the matchers kind of I feel like deflate him a bit. But I'm gonna go with Spieth here. It's kind of a boring pick, but I, I want I want him to show me something here. I want him to come, come on finish this uh, finish this tour strong. PGA Championship and uh, you know secure his spot as you know again one of the you know best young golfers in the world. I'm Bam. gonna go.
1: I'm gonna go with a guy that everybody's always kind of wanted to win a major. He's come close. He's never just cut gone over the hill, uh, you know. But he's he fits a trend that's been going on in these majors this whole year, okay. where it's, each champion has been a top 12 player in golf who hadn't previously won a major. So sticking with that trend, me and Jason Sobel of ESPN, you know, we think alike. We're like, of course. let's let's pick another guy that fits that trend. Sergio Garcia.
0: Sergio Garcia. I mean, he's one of those
1: guys. He's been out there forever. He, yes, kind he, of, he kind of, you know, needs this one for his career. If he gets one, I think then he's a surefire, like, really good all-time golfer. He's always just been the guy that's up there. He's uh, always
0: been around the top of yeah, the leaderboards. He's always no been somebody doubt. that
1: people pick a lot of times to win majors. So you just think, based off odds, based off life, that one of these times that out of the hundred million times he's been picked to win a major, he's got to hit on one of them, right? You
0: and I'm think? putting
1: I'm putting my money on him to be this time. So I'm going Sergio Garcia wins the PGA championship. In a stunner, maybe goes into a playoff against Spieth and proves my pick right over yours.
0: Okay, that's wishful thinking. I like it. Just for more drama for the show. Cool. Um, so we have two uh, We have two segments today. Yeah, I um, was talking golf, by the way. That know. was talking golf. Bam! <laughs> We've got two segments today, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. We had one last week that did so well, and it was tongue-in-cheek and sarcastic. Um, as most of the things that we do well here are. Yeah. But we decided to turn it into a segment, man. We like the 2000s in sports, and we're going to go this year in sports.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, why not talk about the past? We do it so well. Plus, there's not a lot happening right now, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. To uh, actually, you know. We'll, go, we'll, we'll bounce around to different
1: decades. Don't worry. We'll hit the 1940s at some point for you old timers. Of course we will. We know you're out there listening to
0: us. Right now, we're going to go. We're going we're gonna to get back in our, in our time machines and we're, we're going to go to the year 2000s. The millennium. With a as I like to call it. Exactly. Uh, Big Willie style. It was all happening. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens in the 2000s, man.
1: We were going to party like it's 1999.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um first things first, uh, one of my favorite Super Bowls of all time. Uh Super Bowl I I don't even know. I can't read Roman numerals. Fuck. Oh, this is ruining everything. Well,
1: we just had 50 last
0: year. I'm not going to do math. The St. Louis Rams beat the Tennessee Titans 23-16. Super Bowl Marshall Falk wins the regular season MVP award. Greg, what are your thoughts on Super Bowl Oh come on! Just tell me. I'm gonna go with 34, 34, 35. Come on. 33. What's XXXIV? This is
1: 34. You really don't know how to read Roman numerals, do you? Is that
0: 38?
1: No, three X's is three. The one in front, V is five. Yeah. So when there's a I in front of it, you subtract. Okay. So it's Super Bowl 34. Okay. Which makes sense because we just had 50.
0: Okay, so we're just going to cut all this. Ready? Okay, we're just going to take it right here. No, it's a good learning lesson for you, James. No, it's going to cut all this. It's a good learning lesson. Cut point right here. Nope. Greg, what do you think about Super Bowl
1: 34? Well, James, learning Roman Roman numerals is important, and knowing that it was 34 means that that was a hell of a Super Bowl, where I believe, you know, uh, somebody stretched for the goal line. Don't remember who, because I was like 10.
0: Uh, that, would great. Be, that would be Kevin Dyson. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. That of actually makes Titans. sense. That, now that you say it, I picture the jersey and everything. Yeah. So, you know, that was a fantastic Super Bowl. That's when the world got introduced to Kurt Warner. Love the Super Bowl. The greatest game on turf. Greatest show Saint, on turf. Greatest show on turf uh, with the St. Louis Rams. You know, just that was a, a great team. team. Holt, yeah, Bruce, yeah. Fulk. Yes. That was the ultimate Madden team to play with at the time. That was like the cheat code. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: See, I, on the other hand, played with the greatest show on turf pretty consistently in nfl game day 2000 for playstation one wow so you're welcome um yeah man it was really it was really those graphics oh they were fine (laughs) this is a fantastic i got a i got a playstation one that year and it kind of revolutionized everything i got crash bandicoot i got nfl game day yeah i I got
1: playstation that that year close that year i remember too
0: um a couple of cool things here uh so we have uh, the St. Louis Rams beat the Tennessee Titans, obviously. Um, I'm on the Wikipedia page for this game now, and I've got some very, very solid stats for you, Greg. Ooh, I can't wait. Um, Tell me. National Anthem sung by Faith Hill. Ooh. Okay. She's still around and still pretty good looking. Um, the coin toss was performed by Bud Grant, Lamar Hunt, Bobby Pell, Paul Krause, Willie Lowner, Alan Page, and Jan Stenerud.
1: Did they okay. all put their thumb underneath the one coin?
0: I have no idea. It doesn't even tell me which way the coin toss went. That would have be been impressive, though. Um, halftime show was performed by Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, and Edward James Almos.
1: Wow, that doesn't scream 2,000. I don't know what does.
0: The announcers were Al Michaels and Boomer Sison. Still going on, basically. Boomer Sison actually did a Super Bowl. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, now he does a radio show. The... This game has a couple of uh, a couple of names attached to it. For example, uh, Wikipedia is quoting that stretching for the goal line by Kenny Dyson as either one yard short, in big bold leather letters, or the tackle.
1: I like the tackle. It just sounds better. It flows
0: better than one yard short. And also, uh, according to Wikipedia, and I, I can't verify this, I've never heard this, but... The game is often referred to as the dot-com Super Bowl due to the large amount of advertisements purchased by dot-com companies. Is that like when GoDaddy's just start coming out? <laughs> so, boom. 2000s. Dot-com um, Super Bowl. We had ourselves the, the the Super Bowl 34, I guess we're going to call it. Ugh. Um, we also had a couple cool things happen uh, in baseball in the year in sports. Uh, Hit me with them. Yankee, Yankees beat the Mets in the Subway Series.
1: Ooh, Roger Clemens throwing bats at Piazza.
0: Yep, Good love times. that. Uh, Derek Jeter wins MVP. Uh, in basketball, Shaq and Kobe Lakers won their first title in 12 years, beat Reggie Miller and the Pacers.
1: Wait, Reggie Miller made it to an NBA Finals? Yeah. I felt like he never did.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. Wow. Reggie, Reggie Miller and the Pacers. Um, they were in the finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. Wow. And they lost in six games. Well,
1: that's not surprising. I mean, when you had Shaq and Kobe, you were going to win. The
0: head coach of that, uh, of that Indiana Pacers team? Larry Bird.
1: Oh, yeah. That's when he was still coaching.
0: Yeah, he played. So, Larry Bird, the only person in NBA history to get MVP, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year. Did
1: that's you know impressive.
0: That? Did you know that? I did not. Bam. That's a fun little tidbit. Sports Dance tidbits. Yeah. Um, cool. That's like a, whenever we get Hootie up back
1: onto this. That's a home run for Hootie trivia question. Oh, home run for Hootie trivia.
0: <laughs> so, cool. We like that. Uh, so, we the Yankees win in, in baseball. Boo. Uh, the Lakers win in basketball. Boo um what else do we got on here in the in the world of sports oh uh vj swing singh won the masters tiger woods <laughs> tiger woods won the u.s open by 15 shots Ah, uh, there we go tiger very nice <laughs> tiger two years two years in a row that we've gone and, through and the british open and the championship ah uh, so that was
1: the year that he won the tiger slam but he won the masters the following year probably yeah
0: exactly um
1: so Where they came up with their own slam for tiger because he's just like hey Sorry, I didn't do it all in one
0: year. The New Jersey Devils won ice hockey. Hey, great year for the tri-state area. Yeah, New Jersey. <laughs> cool. Um, only team I could root for growing up because they're the only one that were good. The Toronto Rock beat the Rochester Nighthawks in the national lacrosse championship. Wow, I remember that series. great series classic series guys throwing balls
1: at each other with sticks and nets and and then everybody
0: also always remembers where they were when sweden won the men's european national handball championship
1: obviously
0: also hungary won the women's one i
1: was sitting in my house on a couch probably
0: and that was 2000s the year in sports (laughs) love it (laughs) wasn't there an olympics that year Oh yeah, that was that was the one that was in Greece, right? Uh, yeah, I want to say that was the one in Athens. In Athens, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes now sense. I need to open up this whole thing again. <laughs> I had this Wikipedia page. Whose fault is up. that? I did not prepare for this at this all. That's
1: what happens when segments get thrown together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We um, try to do it for you though, people, because you know we don't want to give you a short show. United we want States, you to have
0: something for your whole commute. United States to won the most medals.
1: Yeah, well, it's because we dominate. Bam. Probably did the best in sprints because you know that's the most exciting thing to watch.
0: Oh wait, no, the uh, the Olympics were held in, in uh, Australia at that point? Yeah.
1: In Sydney. Oh, that was Sydney. Sydney. Two thousand four must have been Athens. Athens,
0: because that was like the anniversary of it or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Cool. I like it. The Olympics um, went down under. All right, we have one last segment, Greg, and this is the one that I have been excited for because it's the first non sports segment that we had on the on the show. Is I was to say. I mean I guess if you want to say The non first SBC? Yeah, exactly. We, um, I guess you want to call Does This Quarterback Do Drugs a non-sports segment? <laughs> you technically could. I mean, we've
1: definitely had non-sports topics talked about that we <laughs> right. just go back and forth on. Uh, Does This Quarterback Do Drugs is a great one, by the way, yep. which we'll have to refer to other sports at some point. Fantastic. I'm also thinking, as it gets closer to political like election, like November, we should have sports campaigns. Sports campaigns for like different leagues. Oh, cool! Write that down. I'll, I'll write it down. This uh, is this is me writing.
0: Oh, cool! For people at home, if you want to peek behind the curtain, see how the sausage is made. Uh, Greg didn't write anything. <laughs> I did not write anything down. All right,
1: I'll remember. It. Let's get to it, tech. Greg.
0: This is the real reason that we've yes. assembled for this podcast. You it's July. It. It's nothing's happening. You asked me for a start bench cut. Uh, we talked about hip hop last week, and you asked me for a start bench cut for rappers. I wanted to start pretty down the middle, pretty much like your classic rap argument, but I wanted to get your thoughts on record and mine as well. We're going to do start bench cut for Tupac, Biggie, and Nas. Bam. Now I get it. I get it. We did two East Coast rappers. la fucking da But those are the three we're going with, Biggie, Tupac, and Nas. Greg, your start bench cut. Make it happen.
1: I feel like I shouldn't even be going first on this because you have way more knowledge. The, but I guess that's why you're gonna go second because you can probably say way more about it than I can. Don't worry, I do know who these people are. So that's the first <laughs> good, big, hey, first big call. On good, that. Step. Good, good step, good first step. That's a big step in knowing things. Uh, man, I'm gonna start with Biggie. Biggie. That's I, I mean I listen to him way more than I ever listened to the other two. Yeah. Just in general, I mean when you have a song that you know can have. Be reminiscent with uh, your, one of your favorite baseball players, Big Poppy, Big Papa. It just all goes together. Okay. So, I mean, there may be that little, like, that may have helped him a little bit. But in general, always thought Biggie was a great rapper. Kind of uh, disappointed that, you know, what happened to him, him and Tupac. Pretty, pretty big shame. Uh. But in general, I'm going with Biggie. Disliked, Hypnotize, all those great songs of his. Always had a nice laid-back beat. Going back to Cali, all those great songs. I even love the fact that like new songs today will take old like verses of his and throw them in there, and it fits like perfectly still. Like it's just impressive to me that like all of his old stuff can still be used in modern day uh, raps and different songs to go throw in for loops and stuff. It's pretty cool to me. Uh, I mean, my bench. I'm putting Tupac. I mean, how can you not have him at least be on the team in some sense? Right you got to go with that. I mean, Tupac, again, another great guy. Did a lot for the communities, I feel like, growing up, like, and when I say communities, I mean, like, for, like, African-American communities, really kind of, like, helped be the voice for them. And it wasn't always, like, a negative, it was never a negative voice. He was always very positive with what he was saying. He was always very good. Kind of wanted to get his message across. Never did it in, like, a really bad way. I thought he was really good, like, just more so inspiration. I mean, I think he has, like, There's, like, a book of poetry, I feel like, that's actually, like, about Tupac. Or, like, has his rap lyrics in him and it's, like, known as poetry. Mm. So that just kind of shows you about him in general. Uh, I'm going to cut Nas. Uh, He's still around. But, you know, he never got as mainstream as the others. Great rapper overall. I'm not saying he was bad at all by any means. Has some great songs. I'm trying to remember. He does one song where his dad's actually, like, involved in the song. And, like, the dad plays, like, the trumpet in the song. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. But it was actually a song I listened to a lot, like, in the early 2000s for some reason. Huh? I don't, I don't actually know what you're um, talking about. It's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. So, I'm going to cut Nas. No offense to him. But, I mean, the other two were just powerhouses. Uh, transcended the game. P- turned it on its head. Brought new things to it. Changed kind of how everybody did stuff. Promote it. East Coast, West Coast. Might as well represent both. Gotcha. James, who are you starting?
0: Okay. So, Greg, a lot of thoughts on this one here. I figured. Um... It's tough for me because I'm going to break it down and kind of, uh, I'm going to use science here, Greg. Okay. So I'm going to kind of break it down in categories. The first category is I want to look at their best album that each one of them has put out uh, that, uh, you know, uh, Nas, Tupac, Biggie, they all have like a masterpiece. And I want to look at each one of them. For Nas, it's Illmatic. For Tupac, it's all eyes on me. And for Biggie, I would argue that it's ready to die. Some people... Greg, some people might say it's life after death for Biggie. I'm going to say Ready to Die. Um, and that's the one with Juicy. I'm going to your word on it. That's the one with Juicy and Big Papa and all that kind of good stuff. Oh, that was a good album. So in terms of masterpieces here, I think that you have to go, um, believe it or not, I think you have to go Illmatic as number one. I know it's a cliche thing to say, and it's always ranked in one of the greatest albums of all time, yada, 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 and it's almost even like overly praised. But you can't say enough about what that did for just hip-hop in general and specifically the New York City rap scene. I don't think that you have an All Eyes on Me uh, without Ready to Die, Uh, no excuse me, without um, Illmatic. And I think that the actual uh, reception to Ready to Die directly stemmed from how much Illmatic really revitalized the New York City sound. Um, Illmatic came out in April of 94, and Ready to Die came out a few months later in September, where All Eyes on Me came out in 96. Now I granted, all Eyes on Me was West Coast sound and the other two were East Coast, but I always kind of naturally gravitate towards East Coast hip hop anyway, uh, at least early 90s. So I'm putting Illmatic number 1, I'm going to put Ready to Die number 2 and All Eyes on Me Tupac number 3. Now, if you're going to go just straight up cultural influence, the people that are completely like kind of cut above everyone else, the ones who have influenced modern rap and the people who are credited for being the most influential figure. I'm looking at Tupac as number one. It's pretty clear, okay, Machiavelli. He's the guy that uh, everyone kind of talks to. I mean, Kendrick Lamar on To Pimp a Butterfly had a whole track where he had an imaginary conversation with Tupac at the end of it. And that's saying something. Kevin Durant just got a Tupac tattoo on his left thigh, or left calf. That thing's huge. It's enormous. No one's really doing that with Biggie. But Biggie had that awesome, notorious. Somebody
1: has a huge Biggie tattoo. I'm
0: sure that people do, but Biggie just hasn't reached that cultural level that Tupac did. For some reason, Tupac kind of reached a more mythological space than Biggie did. Yeah, I'll give So you I'm going to put Tupac at number one, Biggie at number two. Nas is still kicking around, and after Illmatic and it was written, you can argue that he dropped off pretty significantly.
1: He did. So yeah, I he would say.
0: So I would say that um, we're going to put. Tupac at number one, Biggie at number two, Nas at number three. Now singles, singles specifically, Greg. Um, we have a couple. It's a great breakdown, by the way. Thank you. We might just have to start a whole different podcast. Just call it Tupac, Biggie, and James. <laughs> Tupac, Biggie, James. And what you forgot? Nas, because no, Nas is I'm on just, here.
1: Yeah, but I'm just. You were just comparing the two big dogs way more. You forget, They're Greg, so you forget, that. Greg,
0: that I gave Nas number one for masterpiece on album. OK, Illmatic was one of the best albums of all time.
1: Yeah, but overall.
0: Um, so we have a few different sig- singles from all of them. Obviously, the one that, um, you know, that can hit the mainstream for Tupac is California Love. And that's a classic, still a jam. Um, for Biggie, it's kind of like Big Papa. And for Nas, I mean, that's the thing with Nas, right? Nas's singles are not necessarily the ones that kind of define him. Um you know he's got some poppy stuff kind of towards the 2000s and whatnot uh, i guess if you want to you know His top single technically was what i know i can i guess yeah i guess that was probably one of the top singles um i mean if you want to like talk about the stuff that's actually on illmatic i feel like all of them kind of play off each other i love new york state of mind um uh, i guess life's a bitch is one of them too but uh, the world is yours has been featured in a lot of like the uh like NBA 2K soundtracks and whatnot, but sheer singles power, I'm actually gonna go Biggie on this one. I think that a lot of his stuff is kind of really kind of permeated into the culture a little bit more. Every single person in the world knows I like it when you call me Big Papa. Yeah. And not every single person can maybe necessarily go California Love. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I on one, the
1: beginning of California Love where it's just the, California like the auto-tune type. Yeah, yeah,
0: Exactly. So I'm gonna go. Biggie number one, Tupac number two, Nas number three. Now, just from sheer, uh, my personal preference, I'm always going to go towards East Coast rap. Life After Death is one of my favorite records. Um, I still rock that one constantly. Um, between that one, between uh, Reasonable Doubt, uh, and then Always being, uh, Only Built for Cuban Links by Raekwon, uh, it was a pretty solid year in 97, or like a, a little uh, around that time for New York, New York rap that one's got hypnotized that one's got more money more problems um which is another classic and sky's the limit
1: yeah Biggie definitely has the ones that are more classic like used in so many ways
0: and then I'm also going to go Nas for number two on this one because I actually prefer Illmatic for based on anything else that uh Tupac's done I also like It was written uh he has a couple other good records in the later half he did a weird collaboration with Damian Marley too in the the 2000s which is kind of reggae rap which I kind of liked as well but I'm gonna go Nas number two, Tupac number three. So, based on those rankings, Greg, I can only do one thing here. I can only start Biggie, bench Tupac, cut Nas. Which is a long way of saying we agree. I agree with you. <laughs> this might be the first time we actually agree on the exact order. Yes, but I use science.
1: You use science? Uh, I've looked up that song because I knew I, right when I typed in Nas, the song came back to me, but I didn't wanna interrupt you. Okay. Uh, the song I was talking about that he did with his dad was called Bridging the Gap. It was on his uh, album Street Disciple. Yeah. Uh, really good song just because, you know, anytime you can bring your dad, who's an old school, school musician, like trumpet player and stuff, into your music and, you know, just kind of like share that with him. That's, I, I think that's pretty awesome.
0: Greg, I'm going to do a late-breaking uh, revision because I was thinking about that while you were talking. I'm actually going to cut Tupac, which is a huge, Whoa. huge thing. A Whoa. huge late-breaking news on okay. the sports dance. I'm cutting Tupac, man. I like Tupac a lot. He's got so much material um, that come out that came out posthumously, and I think that a lot of his stuff was so absolutely iconic. Um, but I just like I don't know, man. The, the, did you I, remember I just, they did a hologram of him? That's kind of did it in for you. I just I just spun Nas' stuff way more than I ever did Tupac's. Like I always tried to get into him. Don't get me wrong. I love All Eyes on Me. I love Me Against the World. Um, I love all that kind of stuff. But man, I just don't. I don't know. I, I I can't do it. It's all right.
1: Nobody, ah. Nobody's blaming you here, James. No, it's but a it safe feels space. like they are. When I put this out on the interwebs for people to judge you on,
0: that's gonna be That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay,
1: so were like, why is this guy that talks about sports talking about Tupac? You know what? Fuck him. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, what's that's, gonna that's come probably gonna to. end up
0: happening. Okay, that was a really good one though, and it I was. like it. So I'm gonna it. start Biggie, Bench, Nas cut Tupac, and you're going to start Biggie. bench Tupac, cut Nas. Yeah. All right. Well, we did some good work here. Dude. We did. We did God's work.
1: <laughs> God's work or Nas's work? Hey. Hey. All right. Uh, do we have anything else we want to cover before we go? Uh, not too much. I mean, we got we got to save some for, you know, just the next week's coming. Because <laughs> uh, pretty soon we're going to hit you with NFL a lot. It's going to be like how we were with the NBA, where you're just going to want us to shut up about it And then, when you think we're done with the NFL, we're going to come at you with more because we're going to do NFL fantasy probably at points. Maybe we'll do a separate little podcast for that, like a 10-minute thing where we give our picks, preferences for the weeks coming up for, you know, fantasy every day, uh, who you should start, who you should bench type things. But, yeah, I mean, that's all going to be coming up in the next few months, hopefully.
0: All right. Look for that, man. Uh, like us on Facebook. Share us on Twitter. Leave us a good rating review on iTunes. I'm actually finally starting to get the terminology of social media right, which is it's, pretty nice. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Uh, anything else, Greg, that we want to go before we go? Uh, not too much. Just have a good week, guys. Uh, yeah, from all of us here at the Sports Stance, the entire team here at the Sports Stance, thanks for listening, guys. Have an awesome week. Yeah, have a good week, guys.